Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, one chapter at a time. We're looking at Isaiah 46 this week. Isaiah 46, it sets us up nicely for what we read uh, tomorrow in 47. 47, the humiliation of Babylon, but first, the humiliation of its gods. And you get the particular names of their gods here, Baal and Nebo. Uh, you know, who were these gods? This is one of the few places where they're both named like this. The picture is clear, though. Uh, you know, these these are the gods that you have to lug around. Uh, you have to you know make a heavy statue. You got to carry them around. Well, that's their fate. They're going to be carried off now. Contrast that with the true God who carries us every day of our lives. It really, really cool play on those themes and words there in the poetry today. Uh, a really, really neat chapter like that, and of course, one that that definitely rings true for us as well. God has continued to carry us, whether it was in BC times or even in 2019, through thick and thin. Today, our guest, one of our regulars, we've got Pastor David Boyce Clare, pastor of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Welcome back, brother. Good morning. Happy Good morning. Uh, last week of the church year, last week uh, before Advent, week of Thanksgiving. Many, many exciting things buzzing around in the air right now, huh? Absolutely, yes. And God willing, uh, the weather won't be as bad as they're predicting, but, you know, uh, <laughs> we, 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 we're supposed to uh, be faithful, whatever the weather. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. Yeah, well, I... I um, yeah, I can't complain about the weather down here, but is it is it looking kind of icy or something like that in the forecast up there? Well, I think there's uh, snow predicted for Thanksgiving Day. It's it's oh. it's pleasant. It's balmy, or well, it was balmy. You know, it's it's uh, a little bit above normal, but um, you know, it, it they say there's storms coming, and and, and um, you know, so so there might be a little mix, uh, a, a dramatic mix of. Uh, of nature in, involved in the celebration of Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, be a good day just to stay inside and eat turkey and don't go anywhere, right? <laughs> sounds, sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. This is pretty cool, actually. So on Thy Strong Word, we're doing a little bit of a break from Isaiah just these, uh, these last two days of the week here, Thursday and Friday. We have a couple of Psalms this week. So everybody, uh, we are actually going to have uh, Thy Strong Word if you want to tune in and have that going on in the kitchen while you're baking stuff or having things going on or, I don't know, I guess as you're coming back from your from your haul on Black Friday, if that's your thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. or, if you're just, or if you're just staying inside when it's snowing and you're like, I'm not going out there. We do have that. We're doing Psalms 105 and Psalms 10, and Psalm 106, uh, just really good Psalms of of Thanksgiving, um, a very fitting for the, for the day, but today, Absolutely. yeah, but today, but today it's not Thanksgiving today. It's a, it's a taunt really. I mean, if anything, right. It's, it's taunting yes. these Babylonian gods. Yes. And, and it's uh, very exciting to see the Lord, um, you know, reveal so much of himself in these in these chapters of Isaiah. Yes, right. Because it, it's not just we're, we're making fun of the Babylonian gods because we're being mean, but God's saying, as you're saying, something about Himself as He's making a very striking contrast here. Yes, it, and well, it kind of ties into uh, Elijah's uh, mocking of Baal at, at, mm. at the time of uh, 
Jezebel and, and Ahab. In, uh, right. In, in, yes. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. And, and I think you're you're thinking especially about the <laughs> the the showdown on Mount Carmel, right? Yes. Yes. You know. I mean, it's sort of like, uh, well, he he might he might have to uh, use the bathroom or something, so he's not available. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's right. Yeah, that's literally what he's saying. You know, they're up there on Mount Carmel and, you know, they built their sacrifices and they're saying, all right, so whose who's sacrifice is going to be accepted by their God? You know, who's the real God here? And, you know, they, they keep they're like, you know, in procession and like, you know, destroying themselves, trying to like invoke their gods. And no, no answer. Nobody's home or, or maybe right. Maybe he's, you know, relieving himself or something. Right. That, that's yeah, what they, the prophet's saying. Yeah. Or if you pray, you'll get on. You put on voicemail. You know, I mean. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, that's right. But then, but then God then shows up in a dramatic way and just, I mean, I mean, he, he like throws down a, I mean, like a is it like a lightning bolt or a meteor? I don't know what, but it's like fire from heaven. It just destroys the whole thing, and so he answers in a big and dramatic way. In that, in that case, yeah. And that, and that's kind of uh, you know just just sort of the the atmosphere and the ambiance that we that we have here yeah. as well in Isaiah. All right. All right. Well, let's turn to this chapter and go ahead and get started reading this. As we do, would you say a prayer for us and for everyone listening today? I'd be honored. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you that you are the only God, that you bear witness to yourself in your word that there is no other God but you. And you would know because you've been there. We pray, dear Lord, that you would uh, cause us to be filled with thanksgiving during this season of the year and recognize that you are the source of life and and light and uh, all things that we need for life here in this time in time and in in eternity guide us as we study your word grant us your holy spirit that he may uh, lead us into all truth to our savior jesus christ in whose name we pray amen amen all right, so let's go ahead and read these first two verses, and we can just kind of consider, okay, so what's what's sort of the theme here? Maybe, you know, how does this follow on the heels of what we read last week in Isaiah 45? Um, how does this fit in with what, what's going on ahead? But just the first two verses, just to get the ball rolling here. Mm -hmm. Chapter 46, verses 1 and 2. Baal bows down. Nebo stoops. Their idols are on beasts and livestock. These things you carry are borne as burdens on weary beasts. They stoop, they bow down together. They cannot save the burden, but themselves go down into captivity. All right, so, I mean, there it is. Baal and, and Nebo, uh, not really much of an introduction or a transition. Any any thoughts about how maybe all this follows off of um, Psalm uh, or not Psalm, Isaiah 45 that we read last week. Um, and then, you know, what is this introducing here? How, what, what kind of theme is this by, like, naming the gods themselves? Well, uh, God, uh, numerous times uh, through Isaiah in, in those other the chapters before, says, who will you compare me to? Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like a, he's contrasting himself to the deities of the of the peoples the false deities the, right. the false gods of the peoples surrounding J judah and and you know it's 
um, you know, Isaiah is looking forward to a time after they've been taken into captivity and now, you know, and, and which really was a scenario in which uh, the gods of whatever peoples were conquered were considered to be conquered themselves. Right. And uh, here, here God is asserting uh, that, um, you know, he is, he is the universal and the only true God, and, uh, you know, the, just getting people to think, think about what these gods that you have, uh, what type of uh, ritual, even, you know, like I, I remember in, in, in Egypt or in Babylon, they used to have like an, an image which was considered to be the god. They would put the god to bed. They would dress him. Uh-huh. They would they would put food before him. They would uh, provide entertainment for him, and they'd have to carry him about. Uh, in the case of these two deities that are mentioned here, uh, Bel Marduk and uh, Nabu or ne- Nebo, uh, right. they are they, the Marduk. Of course, was the chief god of the pantheon. He and, and, and as um, one scholar says that Bel and uh, Bel is sort of like Lord, is by right. Baal, like Baal from the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and in and, and Marduk. Um, and by the way, there was he also had a um, consort. Uh, her name was Istar in, in Babylon. Mm-hmm. She was known as right. Astarte in uh, the, um, you know, in, in Ugaritic or, you know, in the land of, of Israel. And ne- Nebo was his son, uh, or Nabu. And, and these, the names of these gods are in some of the, uh, the kings of Babylon as well. You have uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Nabu, Nabo, right. or uh, ne- uh, Nebo, Palazzo, or yeah, Nabal Palazzo, then there's also Nabonidus, and, and, and usually in, in uh, Hebrew, in the um, uh, Judean understandings, uh, Merodek, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's mm. son's name was Evil Merodek, Ephil Merodek. And, uh, and, and so here you have, a, you have a contrast by God saying, I'm the only God there is. This is the gods right. that you have. They, they even burden beasts, <laughs> carrying right. them around. But I'm one, as you, as you very uh, perceptively pointed out in your introduction, I am the one that carries all things. I carry you. Right. I carry, carry my people. So it's yeah. kind of like, as, as God says, who will you compare me to? Right. You know, obviously not Bell and uh, Nebo. Right. Yeah, no, that that's really helpful because we have seen that for a few chapters, right? Just we, we get these we get these questions, these rhetorical questions, you know, who who are you going to compare me to? There is no god besides me. I mean, he says that several times in 45, 44, 43 uh, going back. You know, so what what kind of comparison are you going to make? You know, these other idols are are just useless. Um, and, and really there's, um, so, so that's a theme that's already been, you know, presented here and it's definitely just carried out. And then, so now you get these actual names. And as you said, these are names that we've, we've kind of seen in these compounds, right. You know, and it's, uh, Mm -hmm. I remember back in, um, another one would be back in Daniel, right. What was Daniel renamed when he showed up in Babylon, right. Belteshazzar, right. Baal. To Shazer, right? So we, we've seen these names in like in kind of the compounds and like everything, all these cities, people, you know, all these things were named after these these gods. But here they're specifically named and they're in view. Um, and it, it's to me, it's striking how th- in this kind of this kind of I think in some ways makes it explicit what was implicit in forty five. We were talking about that how 
if you kind of read between the lines in 45, it, it's sort of like God saying, hey, Cyrus, uh, stop calling me Baal. Um, you know, stop stop calling me Marduk. Uh, because in, in those opening verses of 45, you know, it says, you know, I have grasped Cyrus's right hand, right? And there's, um, there's you know, this, uh, what was the other bit that he said that you may know in verse 3, that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name, and that we know from history that, you know, what, what actually happened was that, you know, Cyrus, he rolls into Babylon, he grasps, right, the, the statue, the hand of the statue of Baal Marduk, right, and he goes yeah. and in his cylinder, praises, you know, Baal Marduk and Nebo for giving him victory over Babylon, and this is in some ways like God saying, like, no, it's not Baal and Nebo, it's me, I'm the one who you ought to be thanking. You, you know, you're you're getting the name wrong here. I know to you, all this you know Canaanite Western uh, West of the Euphrates religion all seems the same to you, right? But like, there's actually a very important difference, and this is it. This is the difference. Exactly, and and of course, uh, uh, Cyrus came from Persia, which uh, had had their own own religion uh, as well. Um, uh, Azura Mazda and all of the and, and you know just um, um, I, I, the name of that religion just escapes me. Um, but anyway, well, there's uh, Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism. Is that what you're thinking of? Yes. Yeah, yes. with the worship of Azura Mazda. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they have, of course had a had a demon or a devil, which was a Hiram. And so you know, it, it, there's a lot of a lot of uh, contrast. You know, but again, it's it. it the worship of gods was always a nationalistic type of thing, or a, a um, you know an empire type of thing. It's, it's yeah. uh, but but um, you know it's interesting how each successive empire from the Assyrians, uh, then the Chaldeans, uh, the, ne- the Neo Babylonians, and then the um, Persians, Medes and Medes and the Persians are they're, they're, they sort of like are more enlightened. There there's a you know a greater enlightenment. Uh, the, uh, the Assyrians mm-hmm. were just bloodthirsty, horrible. Although I've been told by some scholars they weren't that bad. They weren't as bad as other ones. And then and then of course Babylonia. Uh, yeah. they, at least under them, uh, Jude, the, uh, Judah was able to be kind of preserved as a nation in, in, when they were taken captive. And then you have That's Cyrus, true. who has a policy of tolerance, where, where yeah. all, all the gods are uh, recognized and tolerated. Yeah, yeah. no, that is really interesting that on the one hand, you, you do kind of see that, that, that maybe there is a, a kind of um, en- enlightening that seems to happen in the succession of nations. But on the other hand, too, like there's also this, uh, there's an increase in, in the savagery as well. And especially, you know, once you move on to, you know, you get to the, the Seleucids later on, oh, and then oh, the yeah. Romans, right? And it's just like, it seems like the level of total destruction and mercilessness that also increases. That is true, so, I mean, yes. it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a paradox, right? Like on the one hand, they're, they're more tolerant, but on the other hand, they're they're more brutal. Exactly, and uh, of course, I guess it depends on the specific um, nation that you're they're thinking of. I mean, the, the Persians were still uh, brutal. They 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 were conquerors. They they wanted they conquered. Uh, I think Cyrus, of course, conquered Lydia, and that's like uh, the uh, eastern or rather the western part of Turkey, 
which uh-huh. was Iolia in Greece. And then, then of course, uh, down, you know, there's Cyrus, then his son Cambyses, and then Darius, and then Xerxes tries to conquer Greece. It's uh, Greece. And right. uh, which was at at that time, but that, but you're 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 very right. The 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 Seleucids were extremely brutal, and uh, and so were the Romans. So you know you you see that that it's just in many ways that you know as as things change they they tend to stay the same as well. And yes. uh, one of these one of these timeless truths is is the paradox of idols. As we were as we were just looking at these first two verses that. You know, it's just the idols never move on their own. You always got to move these things around. And and the thing that I think is so clever about the the poetry here is it's kind of like right now, you know, they're always they're always carried around, right? They're carried around in festivals, yes. right? There would be like a festival, and if there's a procession, you're carrying the idols around. They're like leading the procession, right? I mean, in some ways. In some ways, um, don't take it the wrong way, but like when we do our our processions and we have the cross leading the processional, right? I mean, yeah. like it's in terms of at least the visual aspect, that was kind of how they did this, where they were they would have their idols up front and they'd be carrying them uh, around in the procession, right? Of course, right. The, the whole meat, the meat, the meaning is very different, but the visual aspect is similar. Um, but yeah, the in, thing that's in, so, in our case, we, you know, the, with Christianity, the neat thing about it is that it 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 will accept, uh, you know, conventions of culture and so on, and then but then, uh, you know, break through it to show, you know, right. we're we're bearing uh, the name of Christ to the world, and 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 uh, you know, I, I like I, it's always inspiring as we hear lift high the cross, and and yes. we're going to lift it high until the whole world adores his sacred name and and right. um in this case it, uh, the, these got these particular idols they need help <laughs> they're, they're, right they, they can't even help assist the poor dumb animals well yeah no ex- well exactly like you were saying like you know and they would even you know like feed them or dress them or put them to bed and the idea was like what we're doing to this statue is like what we're doing really to the god right but when yeah. we you know, lift up the cross in a processional, like no one thinks that this is us lifting up Jesus. Like our, our Lord Jesus was already lifted up and he was lifted up by God the Father and, you know, seated at his right hand to rule in majesty in the ascension and session. And so what we're doing, right, is we're just celebrating really the fact that he lifts us up. I mean, that and that, that's actually like our, our doctrine that we like, have this idea that because we're buried with Christ, when he rises up from the from the grave, he's carrying us up from the grave. Yes. When he ascends into heaven, he ascends and carries us up into heaven. And, and that's the, the whole language of like Ephesians and Colossians and all the rest, that it's actually through the work of the cross, the incarnation and the cross and all the rest, that our Lord is the one ultimately who lifts us up it elevates all of humanity uh, because of how he has joined himself to us. And, and, and you know, it's so comforting about some of the hymnody of, of um, Easter and the resurrection of Christ is he's our head. You know, he's incorporated into us because, of course, he, he is incarnate. He is, he's one of us. He's a human being, as, right. as well as God, of course. And and if he if our head rises from the dead, he's not going to let the rest of his body right. be in the grave. He's going to raise up the whole and and sort of it's and that's kind of the idea here. You know, here you have these these 
curiosities that are that are called gods that they carry around and and there's also a, an in uh, idea here too that they're carried in captivity because Cyrus of course right um, conquered Babylon so maybe some of these gods would uh, they're uh, they are carried face down on these beasts or these uh you know animals and and uh, so they're carried into captivity it was also customary to uh, you know like if if you conquered a nation you would also yeah. uh you know put in procession their gods which are you exactly. know humbled in this way I think you're exactly right that 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 that's the play here. It's like, you know, these things, right? Like you have to carry them around and so is it any surprise that now they're getting carried off, right? I mean, it's just yes. they're they're doomed to this fate by their very nature. You know, you you want to make something that you got to carry around, well one day someone's going to carry it away from you. You know, yes. it it's just like this is this is how it was always going to turn out. And so as Cyrus comes and he, you know, in, and he's going to leave a lot of the stuff there in Babylon um, because, you know, this is his way of trying to make sure that everyone likes him. Right. But he's going to yes. carry some of it off. He's going to carry off some of these things and he's just going to add it to his collection, um, you know, ba back in Persia. Right. Um, yes. And so this this is what's going on. The, the Babylonians who carried the exiles into um, into Babylon. Right. Now they're the ones who are having their gods carried off and exiled right so the exilers are becoming the exiled there is this reversal here um that's implicit and that's like it's just such a, a clever uh very very i mean the, the poetry is just cool and it's only like two verses that we're looking at but there's just so I, much I, so much there exactly well let, let's go ahead and read just the next two verses really quick we only have a couple minutes before our break but let's look at verses three and four here yes Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear, I will carry and will save. So just a really... Uh, just a very comforting message, you know. I will, I will carry you. You know, we think of, you know, in the New Testament, those that that image of you know Jesus going out after the lost and you know putting the the sheep around his shoulders and carrying us, right? Um, so lots of those sorts of ideas. But here in this context, I, I feel like this is some kind of reference, probably going back to Abraham again. That even before they were a nation, right? Which, if you kind of right. think of that as the kind of pivotal moment being the Exodus, right? So, like before, when they were in the womb, that would I think refer to the patri uh, the the area of the patriarchs, right? So, like yes. even at that oh, time, yeah. th there's God carrying Abraham around, carrying him out of the east, right, and, and carrying uh, Abraham and carrying Isaac and Jacob around in Palestine, right, and then carrying them down to Egypt in the midst of the famine. Right. And like, it's, it's, it's very interesting because I mean, it's actually a kind of very maternal uh, image for God. Oh, the idea that like that, that we're kind of like in the womb and he's, he's carrying us around uh, like, you know, like our mothers carried us. Well, and, and you have the sort of like in, in Isaiah 49 where uh, you know, can a mother forget her nursing child uh, that her, right. that yeah. she should forget the child of her womb. Uh, but but he says they may forget, and we see in our own day and age that's how true that is in our sinful world that they they yeah. may forget 
but yeah. I will not forget you. I've I've marked you on my my hands, you know, and and then then reminds us of the uh, nail scarred hands of our Savior Jesus Christ, and it is very maternal, you know. Uh, the the commentators point out that there's like an image of a father or a mother carrying a child. There is also the image of the shepherd taking care yeah. of the sheep, and there is the image of the eagle that uh, yes. takes fledglings and tries to teach them how to fly. Right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's very beautiful how those are all just woven together as a part of, you know, none of them can really adequately describe how it is that God carries us. But like in all of those things, we get a little, a little taste of what, of what that's like. We, ha- we have to go into our break, but everybody hang with us. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 46 here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. Since 1978, Lutheran Church Extension Fund has had the humble privilege of supporting Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Ministries and her workers. Thanks to faithful investors, LCEF has provided thousands of church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations with the low-cost loans and resources they need to reach more people with the saving name of Christ. To learn more, visit lcef.org or call 800-843-5233. 800-843-5233. This week on Issues Etc., we'll have Pastor Brian Wolfmiller lead us in a teaching on the Lord's Prayer petition, Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread. We'll study the Advent hymn, Hark, A Thrilling Voice is Sounding, with Pastor Will Whedon, and we'll talk with Dr. Jeffrey Pulse about Old Testament patriarch Noah. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor H.A. Espinosa. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 46. We just read verses 3 and 4, talking about uh, just this whole combination of images here of how God is the one who has been carrying his people from the beginning, from even the womb, from back the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Everywhere the people of God have gone, God's been carrying them not the other way around, as it is with all the other false gods of this world. And we're joined today by Pastor David Boyce Clare, pastor of faith in Bethesda Lutheran Churches, Pinelawn, Missouri. I want to invite everybody who's listening live today, if you do want to call in with any questions for me or Pastor Boyce Clare, you can call 1-800-730-2727. Or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-821. 0850, or you can send an email to kfuo 
at kfuo.org. And don't forget this week, Thursday and Friday, we are going to have the iStrong Word on Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Check out those special Thanksgiving psalms that we're going to be taking a look at, Psalm 105 and Psalm 106. But so, yeah, so back to what we were just looking at here. Right. Uh, Psalm uh, I keep saying Psalm. I'm just thinking about these Psalms that we're doing. I'm, I, they're very, they're very I, cool Psalms. They're, yeah, they're I mean, of, uh, the Psalms of Thanksgiving. I mean, you yeah, know, they're, 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 it'd be very appropriate to listen to them, you know, uh, yeah, doing, yeah. I mean, making your turkey or driving it to, or waiting in line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, that might actually be very nice if you are stuck in a long line, like a good thing to lower your blood pressure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, give, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Hallelujah. Those are the words of those Psalms. It's very cool. But um, yeah, we were just looking at, at verses three and four. And yeah, even to your old age, I am he and to gray hairs, I will carry you. I mean, that that image is so beautiful that it's not just like a mother who is taking care of her baby, you know, and it is really like owning um, parenthood, you know, just from the very beginning. And, you know, as she walks around, like she she's, you know, in her in her mind, in her heart, you know, carrying this baby and like she's conducting herself and living her life. And she's, you know, she's like. Eat, eating like lots of you know salmon or something like that even though she doesn't really care for it because she wants the omega-3s for the baby right i mean like you know mm-hmm. god is there you know carrying us from the beginning before we were even born and then even more than that to your old age i am he to the gray hairs i will carry you this idea that god uh, e- even more than a parent he's like carrying us around even when we're old like he he's just always there for us always carrying us the whole way through, he's totally faithful. He says, you know, I have made, I will bear, I will carry, I will save. He's never going to abandon what he has made. And in the contrast that this is the the omnipotent uh, God above all the universe. I mean, he's he's got a lot to do, but uh, he, he is cares for he knows all the hairs of our head how many hairs that we have on our head as as our lord says uh jesus says he says that there's not a sparrow that will fall that he doesn't know about he he even though he is this this awesome uh you know supreme power who is above creation who creates everything and who calls the stars and by name and, and so on he 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 cares for Poor little me, <laughs> right. from from the from the cradle to the grave, <laughs> right? Yeah, and then you he, know, and, into and, eternity. Yeah, well, and 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 poor little poor little me, you know, as an individual, and in this context, I think I think Judah is thinking to itself, poor little me, as like a what's left of us, right? As as you said, in, in many ways, the they they the exiles in, of Judah who were in Babylon still had a lot to give thanks for because they. As much as Babylon was vicious and did try to just assimilate people, they were left actually with a a decent degree of autonomy, at least when we kind of compare them to some of the other empires of the world. And so they did sort of they were able to maintain just kind of barely, but they weren't able to maintain this this corporate larger identity as, as a people albeit a people in exile. And so there they are and they're and they're like it's vexing because they feel like God's forgotten them, like God's abandoned them. Like yeah, you know, even in the Psalms you have the Psalms, yes. you know, by the waters of Babylon we laid up 
or you know, we hung up our lyres. And when they, when right. our captors uh, asked us a song, sing us some of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange? Exactly, Ex- exactly. And you know, in that in that situation, they're thinking to themselves, well. Maybe Yahweh used to be our God, right? Maybe he used to take care of us, but maybe now Baal and and Nebo are the ones who are going to take care of us. And we just have to accept that and move on and adapt. And, you know, this is, you know, we we, we can't be holding on to the past. We got to, you know, change if we're going to continue to, you know, exist and be relevant or whatever the case is, right? I mean, you can see how they very easily could have slipped into that. But here's God saying, no, no. I'm the one who's going to take care of you till the very end. No other God. And there's a temptation that that God allowed this this power to conquer us, to destroy His temple, His only temple. Um, you know, there 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 is really a temptation, a testing that's going on uh, with them. Of course, earlier in in the chapters, you know, from 40 to now we're in 46. Uh, it, the Lord, or they acknowledge the people acknowledge through the prophet that they have sinned, that the reason why uh, their nation was destroyed was because of sin. It wasn't because right. God was not keeping his promise. Right. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. Yep. It's not any kind of change in God. Um, it's really a change in, in his people. You know, it's that right. they were the ones who rejected him, not the other way around when he let them be carried off. It was, I mean, it goes, it goes back to, you know, back to chapter 39, and when it, this was all foreshadowed, right, mm-hmm. where, you know, God speaks to Hezekiah and says, oh, so you, you want to throw all of your riches uh, over to Babylon? Well, then fine. Like, like you know, it's basically like if that's what you really want to do. Uh, this, I mean, the, the exile to, to Babylon was like the father letting the prodigal son go off to a far country and squander his wealth. I mean, it was really at their own impetus. Exactly. Well, let's go ahead and keep reading here. Uh, these next few verses just continue to, well, I, I don't actually, I think it might be good to go ahead and carry carry on huh, to uh, verse 11 here. You mentioned yeah. the, the bird of prey uh, or, uh, image, and so let's, let's go ahead, because there's another uh, bit about a bird of prey here. Yes. This is, uh, yeah, so this is verse 5 through 11. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be alike? Those who lavish gold from the purse and weigh out silver in the scales, hire a goldsmith and he makes it into a god, then they fall and worship? They lift it to their shoulders, they carry it, they set it in its place and it stands there. It can't move from its place. If one cries to it, it doesn't answer or save him from his trouble. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. So just continuing to, I mean, I mean really some of the same themes and some of the exact same words in many cases, right? You know, like, yes. who, who, is, who is like me? I, I am God, there is no other. Things that have been repeated many times. One of the things I think is sort of, sort of uh, it makes me chuckle a little bit 
is one of the phrases is actually nearly repeated backwards where um, I think I forget if it was in the previous chapter or um, it's somewhere in this context here in Isaiah where it says in verse eight, remember the former things of old. <laughs> um, it actually says in the other context, like remember no more the things of old, <laughs> you know, like oh. behold, I'm doing a new thing. Right. And so it, it's, it's funny how it kind of reverses here because we're talking about different things of old. Um, and in this case, God's saying, remember, you know, I'm the one who's been there from the very beginning. It's always been me. Yes. Well, what do you, what do you think of this? Because um, you, you, you mentioned earlier that you have the image um, in Isaiah of God uh, kind of brooding over his nest, like like a like a like a bird, like a like a hawk or an eagle. And then yeah. here's another eagle uh, popping up, right? And that wasn't too long ago, too, that we had the idea of um, being born up on wings um, of eagles, right? And so here's another bird image here in 11, in this case, a bird of prey from the east. You know, by the way, here in uh, rural Missouri, we, we see a lot of birds of prey. You know, you drive down, drive down the highway, and, and there are numerous uh, hawks and and falcons and and so on uh, so you can see them with their large wingspans and their mm. of course they're all they're all uh, circling on prey that they're going well, but right. uh, in this particular case so he's he's uh, it, at least commentators believe that this is a reference to Cyrus and that that he that he is called Cyrus uh, as as a bird of prey to visit judgment upon um uh those that are uh you know against the lord Right. Well, which is very interesting, right? Because, I, I mean, this goes back to you not too long ago, how it was, I think it was actually the previous chapter, wasn't it? And then the chapter before that, where Cyrus is called the Lord's anointed, you know, his Messiah. He's called the Lord's shepherd, right? You know, terms yes. that were used for, you know, David and, you know, of course, our Lord Jesus. Um, and then, you know, so if God goes and he's kind of comparing himself to like a, a bird, um, who's you know carrying us up and rescuing us, right? It's just so striking that Cyrus gets described in like all the same ways that God describes himself, <laughs> you know? Oh, I mean, and it's oh, just, yeah. and it's like, but he's describing this foreigner this way. I mean, the, this this guy who, yeah, as we as we see, you know, praises you know Baal and uh, Marduk and Nebo and you know Ahura Mazda and and all the rest. Um, it's it's he but he just keeps doing it he just says like nope he's he's my guy he's he's achieving my purpose you know he he is my bird of prey he's my shepherd i mean it's just it's that that god would 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 keep you know referring to him that way uh, despite the deficiencies well this this points to the fact that he is the universal god he's a god of all people he i mean he's the only god there is you know it's kind of like god says well you know you believe in another god I don't know of any other God. And I've been around. Right. <laughs> uh, right. You know, uh, it, it, I, I, I would know if there's another God. There is no other God except me. And then he, he uh, always, God, our God um, operates with means. And in this case, it's like the, that he is the one that orders the uh, powers of the earth, the, universe, uh, the powers of the universe, the powers of, uh, you know, the nations, uh, 
you know, like, for instance, I mean, I, I remember I, when I grew up, I grew up in the Cold War and in the time when, when uh, there was always the danger of nuclear war. And, then, and, and, and we didn't even think that the world would be here in the year 2000 sometimes. Um, yeah. and, 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 and all of a sudden, uh, in, the, in the late 80s, everything changed, you know, by, you know, God is the one that's, that's controlling the universe. He's the one that's going to decide when the world comes to an end or whatever. And in this case, it's, it's like he is the one that is the Lord, the God of Cyrus, even though Cyrus doesn't acknowledge him, or they call him by a different name. But of course, you've got to be careful about that, because God uh, you know, reveals himself to us, and, and he says, this is my name, <laughs> and this is right. my revelation. But, well, but well, right, and in, and in the end, I mean, like, Persia itself has to be humbled as well. I mean, it's, it's the same pattern that seems that happens every time, that even though God chooses a, an instrument, and sometimes it, it is, well, actually very often it is a foreign power, like Assyria or Babylon or Persia even, there, there comes to be a point where it, gets a big head it it, it actually mm-hmm. succumbs to hubris and arrogance and god says okay not not anymore you were my instrument now i'm going to use a different one you know uh, the great illustration is in the book of the acts about king agrippa the first i mean mm-hmm. right in the midst of him you know uh boasting you know he he was he was i think he had in in plan in the idea of that he was going this was after christ of course at the time of the uh um uh, the uh, Acts of the Apostles, um, mm-hmm. he said, you know, I, I mean, I am, it, it, the people said it's the voice of God when he was speaking. And then, and the, and, and uh, Agrippa refused, or at least declined to, to change their, uh, their confession, or, you know, the, to try to make the correction, <laughs> you know, no, 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 right. I'm not God. Uh, but yeah, then, yeah, yeah. then uh, the angel yeah. of God strikes him and he mm-hmm. is consumed by maggots. Uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, but but again, as you said, uh, you know, God will use these world powers. But then, like He speaks of them, like uh, uh, like uh, large behemoths or or leviathans or something. I'm going to stick right. a uh, a ring in your nose, and I'm going to I'm going to draw you back from from. You know, you 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 need to know your place in in the right. um, workings of the universe. Right. And, and so even though, um, I mean, you know, Cyrus is going to serve his purpose and I mean, the Persians are going to have as, as far as these things go, you, you would say a pretty good run. Um, you know, one day, I mean, this is like what you have from the perspective of, of Daniel, like one day it's all going to get rolled back. And if you thought the Persian empire was big, like, you know, along come the Macedonians and it's going to be fast and uh, Persia's not going to know what hit it. Um, when Alexander comes rolling through with the, the phalanxes, right? So, I mean, it's just, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, there is just the idea that, you know, he's he's calling him, um, you know, his shepherd and his, his eagle, you know, because it's for his purposes, um, not because this guy is re- really particularly virtuous or because he's getting it all right or because it's okay to, to call the true God um, Baal, uh, none of that, but just because it's accomplishing his purpose for the moment. And it is interesting that there is this kind of purposeful contrast between the beasts of burden on the ground who are carrying, um, you know, these gods, right? And they're weighed down by these gods. Yes. And then this lofty bird of prey coming in from the east. And, you know, it's like there there are the gods on their weighing down their animals, like falling down to the ground. It's It's almost as if, you know... Babylon with its with its idols 
was like even more helpless when this soaring eagle came in to just swoop down on them. Well, he he even took over the city of Babylon without striking a blow. It was like a, right. you know, he just he just came in and and uh, you know in Daniel, of course, it illustrates what went on just before that mm-hmm. with Belshazzar, right. Belshazzar and the, the son of um, Nabonidus. Right. Uh, yeah, no, exa- and, exactly. Wait, wait, I mean, yeah, in some ways it, it really would be a fair description to say it weighed down by the idolatry and the things that went to, went along with that idolatry. And even the Persian kings were regarded as deities, or they were served as gods. Alexander the Great, uh, when he was conquering his empire, uh, wanted to assume the the character of the great king of Persia and would have his his uh, fellow Macedonians uh, bow you know uh, you know prostrate themselves before him and and again that that's where that's where it goes a little bit too far right well yeah no and it's I mean it's it's just striking right I mean as as fast and swift as his conquest was like his downfall all the faster i mean like the, the macedonian empire like is one of the shortest lived massive empires of of human history i mean yes. it just i mean and, and you know he he dies like in his early 30s and the, the empire that he you know built overnight falls apart overnight uh, it's just i mean it just really shows it's just kind of the the, the bigger uh the bigger the head that you're going to get from all this stuff like the the harder the fall right i mean it's just exactly. that old proverb right exactly well, so, you know, kind of taking stock of this, looking at this so far, you know, there's there's this constant idea that, that God's the one from the very beginning who has been taking care of us from before, you know, when we were in the womb, and, and he's going to carry us and take care of us to our gray hairs. And, you know, I we, we talked a little bit about that, how that, of course, applies very well to us and how we understand that. It's the same God. I mean, this is the thing. You know, sometimes people want to distance themselves from the Old Testament and say, like, kind of act like, well, that that was sort of like, I don't know, a, a kind of a crazy Semitic superstition. And like they did things kind of brutally back then. But this, you know, the New Testament, this is like the God of peace. And th- this is really, you know, the Bible that we really respect and some of that stuff in the old testament i mean you just uh you know and and that's kind of the attitude that people take but when but when they do that they kind of fall into the same problem that the that the exiles were were falling into that they wanted to say like well yahweh used to take care of us but now it's Baal and nebo um we, we gotta be careful that we're not falling into the same trap oh absolutely and then and of course that's the error of um uh marcion um, yeah. in, in the early church, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, there's all the heresies that uh, were around at the time of the early church are, are here, are still here, still present. The Gnostics, of course, are like the Christian scientists. Uh, that they, they are basically a Gnostic sect. Um, and and as you said, they, they they just you make God in your own image. See, the, the yeah. part of the problem here is that the Babylonians, the Persians, all of these nations made their own gods. And in one, of, I think the biggest uh, the biggest attack is when the you got the guy that takes takes a, the wood and makes 
uh, and and cooks his his dinner with it, and then he yeah. takes the wood and makes a, an idol that he worships. He prostrates himself before. You know how how ridiculous yeah. people are when they make God in their own image, or they they uh, you know they they deny the true and and uh, Almighty God. Yeah, no, I love that critique back in Isaiah forty four, like you were saying. I mean, the the, the implication is like you'd be better off. Uh, throwing the idols in the fire and cooking another hot meal because you'll get more out of that than you will worshiping the idol. <laughs> that's uh, a good one. That's that's a very uh, appropriate. You know, it's interesting where, where if you look at uh, Isaiah, uh, there was uh, Armstrong, uh, the Worldwide Church of God. Uh, he used to say that uh, what Isaiah was talking about was Christmas trees, where, where he talked oh, wow. about these idols and and covers it with gold or whatever and then he says well so if you if you have a christmas tree you are you're doing what isaiah is condemning here when isaiah is not talking about christmas trees he's talking about idols he's yeah. not talking about christmas trees but i wow. think that was pretty well debunked uh, herbert armstrong right. i think yeah. yeah, well, I hadn't, yeah, no, no, that's right. I hadn't, yeah, I'd, for, I'd forgotten about that, but yeah, no, that's right. I mean, it seems, yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like it's kind of almost in the same vein that like, you know, you don't have to be a, like a strict Marcionite or, you know, Christian scientist or, or um, you know, any of these other groups to fall into this. But we, we do this all the time that we just, we, we kind of say, well, th- this is like the, the new way and all the stuff before is just totally wrong. And, you know, I have kind of cracked the code and figured out the truth. And this is like the true, pure religion and nothing else before has ever come close to God. Right. And, and we and we do this in lots of lots of weird ways. And, and it's just we get we're so arrogant as we do. And when we disconnect the God of the Old Testament from the God that we are worshiping, watch out because you're worshiping an idol then. You're only exactly. worshiping the true God if you're worshiping the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God that's always been there through all of this stuff. And, you know, true, um, in different stages uh, of God's carrying us, when he carried us in the womb, that looked a little bit different when he was carrying us as infants, nursing infants, from when he was carrying us as uh, little children and toddlers, from when he was caring for us, um, you know, as we grew up into adolescence, you know, I mean, like each of those stages was a little bit different, but it was the same God taking care of us in every one of those situations. Um, much more could be said, but let's read the last two verses really quick. So we still have a minute because uh, there's a couple, uh, the, the word righteousness shows up here twice. Um, it's <laughs> worth, worth taking a look at here. Last two verses, Isaiah 46. Listen to me, you stubborn of heart. You who are far from righteousness, I bring near my righteousness. It is not far off, and my salvation will not delay. I will put salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. So, and then ending the, with the word glory there. A striking use of the word righteousness, though. So, what do you, what do you think? I bring near my righteousness. What sense is is God talking in? Well, it's a righteousness that we do not produce ourselves and we are not responsible for but the righteousness of of christ which uh you know is is imputed to us which is we are clothed in uh it is the perfect righteousness of our savior who uh, which is which is able to stand us in good stead on the last day that we are in him and um uh, you know, it's interesting with the word glory here. It's a different word. It's not uh, shekinah or is not uh, kavod. It's uh, tif-arat, 
a tifo. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, not, uh, it's it, not that common. And it's translated in some of the other versions as splendor. So, you know, mm. a lot of times it's helpful for those of us who study Scripture to use maybe different words at times when, even though they're synonyms, uh, right. you know, like uh, uh, in this case, they, they in some versions they translate it as splendor. Uh, but... Uh, but but God's glory is the salvation of his people, and it is by his righteousness, not by our righteousness. Not, not right. The, you know, you, it wasn't, you know, like looking back at, at uh, the, uh, what is it, Deuteronomy 5, where it says it's not because you were so great a people, but because Yahweh loved you. And he loves right. us, and he gives us that perfect righteousness uh, that brings us to everlasting life. So he doesn't only carry us from the womb, he carries us into eternity as his people. And, you know, that, that word righteousness, I mean, it's we really have to stop and appreciate just, just how large an idea it is, because yet you're right, um, in this situation, you know, they're, they're, they're in exile because of their sin, right? It's not that by their own righteousness they're going to be able to stand as God's God's splendor as his glorious people, like not at all. So God needs to impute his own righteousness, as you said, uh, which is something that we resonate with, uh, of course, in a big way, recognizing how that's earned for us um, in our Lord Jesus Christ. On the other hand, this righteousness, it also is connected to the salvation of that time, of, of things being set right, of his people being rescued there is this sense in which the Babylonians have gone too far. You know, even if, you know, they, they weren't as unreasonable, perhaps, um, as other empires of the world, they had gone too far. They'd gotten big heads. They, they had uh, gone too far in terms of reducing Israel from not being a people anymore. And so there is this sense of, you know, kind of like uh, how Jesus encourages his disciples to pray and says, you know, you know, God's people cry out day and night, will not God be swift to deliver them justice. There is that sense when God God has heard the cries of his people and he is going to deliver them a favorable verdict, not not because of their own righteousness, because of his own mercy. Here and here it comes exactly. on a wing of an eagle. So thank you, brother. Awesome yes. chapter here. Uh, fantastic stuff to be looking at. Wish you a happy Thanksgiving and uh, look forward to having you on in the new year. Yes, God blessings to you and to yours. Appreciate it, brother. Everybody, Pastor David Boyce Clare, pastor of Faith in Bethesda Lutheran Churches in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to join us on Thanksgiving. We thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org. You've been Peace. listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.